0: we're we supposed to do a podcast, right? Okay, yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Let's go. Let's <laughs> so, go. Sorry, sorry, no, it's not like I could sit and I catch up with you all day. No, 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 it's not you. It's like I'm so, I'm so into this. Welcome to Fresh Takes by Total Expert, designed to get you up, get you moving, and propel your business forward. Hit the pavement with us as we connect you to financial services experts, get their take on the state of the industry, and leave with actionable insights. Here's your host, Total Expert Chief Customer Officer, Sue Woodard. Well, hey, everybody, Sue Woodard here, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Takes, where we're going to get some amazing, fresh information from a wonderful, fresh individual. And hopefully you're getting some fresh air. Get those flip-flops, sneakers, or boots on, whatever you've got. Get out and take a walk while you're listening to Fresh Takes. And today we have got an amazing guest from Cardinal Financial, the wonderful, amazing, marvelous Mel Marsh. Welcome, Mel. Hey, Sue. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it today. Hey, well, lots of people know you already because we featured you on stage, you know, many times at our events. Um, But I want to tell, I'm going to give the actual bio because there's just so much good stuff to it. Now, before you don't, if you don't know Mel yet, you're getting ready to. Mel is a proactive and knowledgeable marketing professional with extensive team leadership, marketing, and content strategy, operations, and valuable MarTech expertise in software expertise enterprise software expertise she's a solutions driven and innovative leader with a demonstrated track record for implementing technical and marketing solutions that significantly improve operations and productivity she is also a highly effective leader who inspires teams into action and establishes clear goals and expectations while maximizing results and i can attest to that and mel before we get started you know i love the tabletop cards i picked a special one for you today just so people can learn a little something about you the one that i picked is where would you travel if you knew there was a chance you would have to stay there for up to a year
1: oh france instantly oh wow that was easy okay oh yeah such a francophile but you know this time instead of going to paris um you know which is everybody's favorite spot i think i would like to like head out more towards like Strasbourg or Alsace around that. The Loire Valley would be cool. Even Axon provence would be very cool. So any of those,
0: yes, France, okay. definitely. All right. Okay. So how many times have you been there just out of curiosity?
1: Uh, a couple of times as a kid and, you know, just the ferry across obviously from London over. And then a couple of years ago I took my twins over and we were there for like the whole, 4th of July, we, we were there like two weeks. Yeah, and so um,
0: yeah, I'm desperate, dying to go back okay well hopefully before you know it you know we'll be we'll be flitting around the glow once again but uh, hey digging into some of our topics today I'm really really excited about this conversation just because I know the world of expertise that you have and I, I just love to hear your takes on things every time you're talking I'm taking notes so want to talk about you know one thing we know that's true is that while price is always important customer experience is the true differentiator which I know you are on point with a McKinsey article that we read recently talked about how learning that a lender who delivered an exceptional experience was the most important factor when they were choosing a lender. It was all about the experience. So Mel, dig into that a little bit. Give us your thoughts on how you can stand out from competition and attract and retain those customers for everything that they'll need both now and in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. I totally agree with that. So there was a term I learned years ago in manufacturing back in the days of Edward Deming, That dates me a bit, doesn't it? But um, it was called Positive Memorable Customer Experiences. And I wish I'd coined that phrase, but I didn't. But it stuck with me forever because that's the thing, right? We talk about building value, building loyalty. You know, there's a lot we can take from retail. Like, you know, I go to the outlet stores and I see the Nike store has... The line around the corner because it's all about nike right and the brand loyalty and financial services is a little bit more complex than that we're a little bit price sensitive right we want the best rate but i do think there's a lot to be said there for building that positive memorable customer experience and What that means, like if you want to recapture that business, right? Or you want someone, you want to be top of mind the next time somebody comes through to either refinance or buy a second home or, you know, buy a condo for their kid that's in college versus paying Mm -hmm. the dorm fees or something like that. And, I really think the way to do that is we have to meet the customer in where they are, which is in their channel. That's like a common phrase around, but it really is whatever channel suits them best and method of communication. And I think the struggle in general is how do we take our systems that have been probably built a while ago, right? And Mm -hmm. then re-engineer them in such a way that we take the jarringness make it seamless for them across those channels. So, whether they start online or start face-to-face and then they call us up or they just want to upload a document, it's sort of having that holistic experience. So, we we don't make them re-explain or re-upload or it's like when you call somebody and they say, oh, let me transfer you to so-and-so and mm-hmm. and you think they've warm transferred you and then you have to tell the whole thing all over again to the next person, <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Wouldn't it be nice if the person transferring did just hit the dial and send you off. But they actually said this person's calling about blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and then you just yes. launched into what you needed. It's those kinds of little tiny things I think that build value that make someone say, Wow, that was a really good experience yeah. in this super stressful time of refinancing or buying my home. Right. So that's I think where we need to like plug in and fill those gaps and you know create that warmth and connection. Because
0: that's what will last, right? Absolutely. And and two paths I want to go down with you on that is because you talked about positive, memorable customer experiences or PMCEs. But there's Mm -hmm. also... MCEs, right? There, there must be negative memorable customer experiences. Every and day. I can't remember the stats, but I do remember, you know, I've heard this statistic and I'm sure many of you have um, about how the, the negative experience is the one that people are way more likely to talk about and remember that it's it spurs up a, a more dramatic reaction emotionally. You're going to tell more ten, 10 people for that negative
1: versus the one person for the positive yes. so that's yeah. a hell of a hill to climb over right because ultimately you want that to be so positive and memorable that someone will actually share that 10 times right yes. as opposed yes. to sharing the terrible thing that just happened yes. to them
0: absolutely that was compounded
1: by their stress
0: Yep. And it can be, and and that's the other point that I'm glad you brought up is, is the stress. You know, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, if you've been listening to it, is that Mm -hmm. particularly when people are purchasing, it's generally a major life experience is happening, right? Somebody's getting married, divorced, somebody's been born, you know, something is happening in their life. And let's just face it, anytime that you're (laughs) purchasing a home and, you know, moving, that's, it's a stressful experience, right? So the emotions are heightened. And so both the, the positive can have more impact, but the negative can have more impact too. And it's It's why I know you're saying it's so important to pay attention to those experiences. It is. And it's the third party handoffs, too.
1: I mean, we've been at this a long time, right? Buying and selling homes and, you know, and financing homes. And you would think that the process would be smooth by now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are so many variables in the process that I think consumers think we have more control over than we do right cuz yeah. cuz anything can happen the appraisal company yeah. you use the yeah. title company you use like anything can go on and so i do think there's a level of transparency that you need without bugging everybody down into the nitty gritty details that's because right. there's, I feel like there's also too much transparency that would make somebody feel like oh that's I don't even know what that means but yeah. you know reaching out and saying hey your appraisal's been ordered we expect it back in x time and it didn't come back in that time yeah. or, or yeah. you hear there's going to be a delay and reaching back out to the customer and saying to them hey by the way we thought this was going to be but it's a little bit it's running a little bit behind but don't worry because yeah. it's the, It's almost like sort of the black hole, right? Who's got the, I love it. Who's got the D? It's like that decision tree model, right? right. Who's the yeah. influencer? Who's got the decision maker? Yep. Who is the consultant? Like who is yep. all of that? Who's got the D? And I think that's what borrowers feel an awful lot. It's like a racy model thing, I think from Harvard University, but it's like, I think borrowers feel that when they're going yep. through a refinance or a purchasing process, like, Who's got it? Where is it? Tell me what's going on. And I think communications, you know, and streamlining that and being efficient with that, without them feeling like I have to reach out and find out yeah
0: yeah well and it it, you know it's funny you made me think about you know back in my origination days one of the things I actually would do early on in the process is I would give them a list of here's everything that could go wrong <laughs> here's a list of 39 oh, nice. things these are the things that could possibly go wrong but good news I'm here with you and so then later on I could say hey guess what number 17. You know, your appraisal came in a little short. And so now here's what needs to happen, right? And so it, it's, you know, sometimes it's just that expectation setting. People don't know what they don't know, but it's all about setting those expectations. And to your very good point, you know, really communicating and letting that, that customer know we've got it and we've got you and we're going to create, you know, this is going to be a good experience because I'm with you throughout. So I think the key to that, right, is outside in
1: thinking versus inside out thinking, There's a lot we do with our internal process and we know it trucks through its process all the way to close and fund. Um, And I think we can sometimes get caught up in all the steps because there's a lot, right, that we have to do on our end. And I think sometimes we forget that. And so we... Forget the customer doesn't necessarily understand all that stuff, right? And so, if we can engineer our systems to provide a customer centric thought versus an internal com- company thought, can you imagine right. re engineering the whole 1003 in a way that makes sense to the customer versus in a way that makes sense to the <laughs> a mortgage company?
0: Imagine a <laughs> world,
1: right? But how great would that be, right? Like, how much yeah. confusion would that yeah. settle if we yeah. had something like that?
0: So so tell me, as we think about creating these PMCEs, these Positive Memorable Customer Experiences, you know, we know it's a big deal because consumers have a lot of choices out there, right? And they're they're likely that if they do have a negative experience, they're going to pick another brand next time or with their referrals. So what would you say, you know, getting specific on it, what are the first couple of steps that somebody could take, somebody who's listening, thinking, man, I really need to, you know, potentially look at my customer experience and level that up? What are the first couple of things you'd recommend they they do? I
1: think you have to truly understand your customer journey. I think a lot of us don't necessarily drill it. And I don't mm-hmm. just mean sort of like the email journey that happens. It truly is. Do you understand? Can you look at something and say, what are all the on-ramps that a customer could come into my, into our company and into the process? And then what are you presenting back to them to help that be a seamless journey, right? Like I could start on the web and then I make a phone call mm-hmm. or I might, be completely digital all the way across, or I might be face to face, but like what can we do if we understand all those things and then how do we make the internal systems or at least the communication gaps because it's hard to re-engineer your whole infrastructure, right? right? So how can you create those appropriate communication gaps? It might be a landing page. It might be an email. It might be an outbound call that somebody reaches out, right? Like how do you fill those gaps within the customer journey? But you have to understand what are they doing? What are they looking at? And, you know, there's a lot that's going on there, right? One of that, part of that journey is I'm talking to my friends and constantly validating that I've made the right choice by going Mm -hmm. with this company. Mm -hmm. I'm also looking at the website content. I'm also looking at what you're doing in social media. And I'm looking at like, you know, reputation management stuff, right? I'm talking to a loan officer. I could be talking to somebody face-to-face or it might be on the phone. How does all that live together in a symbiotic relationship to connect the dots in a way that makes the customer say, this is a good choice for me. I have chosen the right company.
0: So when you talk about, because we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit, it was, is mapping out that customer journey. And I'll tell you, we did it at Total Expert with a big old pad of Post-it notes and some Sharpies. There you go. While in the office, what would you recommend when you're talking about some of the complexities that you just mentioned? Because people can get sometimes derailed by, too big of a project, can't take this on now. What would you say? I was I was Post-it notes and, a, <laughs> and Sharpies and a cross-functional team. What would you say? Same. I think you
1: start with a great big wall and post-its and you map it out and, you know, ends up looking like the M1 spaghetti junction right in London it ends up literally being this ginormous thing and you're gonna have massive roundabouts because that's what happens is someone will come in and they could come in from this way and I mean it it literally ends up looking like a huge motorway but I think it's really important for us Mm -hmm. to understand where the merge lanes are and I don't know that we do fully get that right like because there's such an overlap and it's really those critical points that we have to understand yeah. so that we can put content in the very least nope. in place in those areas. Spot on. You, mind, you find the gaps, right? You You, you, do. Mind, you mind the gap, you might say. It, it's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I always look through that negative space. I know, you know, I know that. Like, we're doing this really well, but what are we not doing? That's Right. Yep. And like where, because you don't move the, I don't think you necessarily move the business in any great way, great as in big ways, by doing what you keep doing what you do well. You have to find where you're not doing it well, close that gap, and then that's going to give you your incremental growth,
0: to me, anyway. Yes, Brilliant. Well, that's why you're here, is to share your, your perspective. And these are good. This is good. This is cool. I love it. And, and, you know, an interesting thing I want to segue to, because this theme has also come up quite a bit in the podcast, is a big part of that customer experience is employee experience and employee empowerment so that the customers feel valued and not just a data feeling like a data point. So talk a little bit about how does Cardinal Financial really empower your teams to make sure that they are able to deliver those, those PMCEs?
1: Uh, This is actually one of my favorite things about Cardinal. Um, I came here almost a year ago now. I can't even believe it. Um, I've had an amazing time so far. And one of the things that has really made that amazing is that our CAO does empower us to run our business. So that means within certain guardrails, of course, right, got to manage the financial numbers. Otherwise, we could drive the car into the ditch and we don't want to do that. (laughs) But what I'm thrilled about is that I don't have to mother, may I? I know my customer. I know my job, right? And we are empowered to do that. And and he expects us. Connect with your teammates. Reach across the departments. Find the barriers and yep. break them down. So you might say, what the heck does marketing have to do with customer service, for instance? But, you know, I might see something on the front end around reputation management for instance right and so that could be causing something I'm just using that as an example but yeah there's a you know we can reach across the party lines if you will yeah. throughout the company and pull together work teams to solve those particular things and then sort of go back to business as usual and he doesn't get stuck in the middle of that like he yeah. encourages us to do that while he's managing the bigger part of the business and I just absolutely love that. You know, it it says he trusts me. He trusts us as his employees, right, to do the right thing by the company. And that is so empowering and soul building, really, that somebody feels that way about you and what you bring to the table.
0: Yeah, you have an incredible leadership team, an incredible CEO. He's always kind of behind behind the scenes. He's not one to be like, put me on the podcast. He's he's but he's brilliant. He is brilliant. And I know the bottom line is you empower your people to to own those outcomes for the customers and and the results show. Right. And then exactly right. Yeah. No, it is awesome. Yeah.
1: I just love it. You know, it's like puts me on a high every day.
0: I love it. So, so tell me if the folks listening, we're going to walk away with one action item because they're out there in their sneakers and they're listening and they're getting back to their desk. They're going to be fired up. But tell me if there was one thing that you said, man, when you sit back down at your desk, do this thing next, based on what we've talked about. What would you recommend?
1: Have a freaking plan. I know that's kind of off the beaten path of what we're talking about, but do you know where you're going? Do you know where you've been? Right. If you if you look back. What KPIs are really important to you? Can you look back and say, well, this is what they've been over the past three years, so we can normalize for this last crazy year, right? Yep, yep. What does that mean going forward? And then identify the gaps. So go to your company store, go to Kinko's, wherever, buy yourself the big pad of post-it notes, get in Zoom whiteboard or whatever with your team and pick something. If you can't pick the whole thing, at least pick one part of it that's obviously within your sphere. So for me, that's digital, right? That's web. Let me take a look at my, you know, I love my analytics, right? So let me take a look at my analytics and figure out what's going on in my journey. Where are my bounce rates? my biggest bounce rates? Can I understand what that's about? I mean, at the end of the day, our websites are not brochure aware. They are there for information, right? But at the same token, We have a website because we want to make money intentionally. And so how do you either get somebody into that funnel quickly or how do you get them the information they need and nurture them so that you can then get them back into the funnel quickly when the time is right? So figure out, at least start there. If you're digital, at least start there. Figure out what's going on. Know your KPIs figure out how you can address that with your website to make that a smooth experience that supports what's going on in the other channels, right? You you can at least do that and then branch out to, okay, what's coming into this and go to the next thing. And maybe that's your digital marketing. How does that, which it would be for me, how does that flow in, right? And then eventually you're going to end up back at customer service. And now that's obviously the time for a bigger team because that's sort of outside of, it would be outside of, my team's responsibilities, but then bringing in the bigger team. So if I were going to, you know, dig in, have do, dig into this battle, this is the way that I approach it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And measurement is so important. I'm glad you brought that up because you just, you know, there's the old saying about you can't manage what you can't measure. And that's the only way that you know, you know, where, where are our gaps? Where are we not getting results? You know, where are we having great results? How do we do more of what we're great of? And to your earlier point, where are those gaps where we, we don't, we're not doing anything we might be missing opportunity. So measure, 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 make a plan and execute.
1: Yeah, I think you have to look at like risks and opportunities, right? O's and R's. Like, where are the opportunities for me to either claw back results, right? Or gain more? And then, risks are what are the things that are sniffing around that I'm not even aware of that could actually turn into something? Because it's really that old adage of being prepared for the known unknowns, the known knowns, and the unknown unknowns, right, to quote project (laughs) management terms. But it really is about managing all of that so that you've got the appropriate ideas in place to then bridge those gaps, whether
0: they're good or concerning. Yeah. Well, I love hearing from you. I love talking to you. We had a good old chat about Peloton and running and everything else before we got on the line here. Um, But man, this was just like also just, I I always love your insights, just always next level. So thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was nice to see you. Good to see you too. We got to see each other anyways here. And hey, for everybody out there listening, thanks for tuning into another episode of Fresh Takes and we will catch you next time. Thanks everybody. Nice job! It was great! That was fantastic. You always, like I said, you always have like really such great strategy, but then right on down. Thank you.